Ephesians chapter 1, and then put a finger over in Isaiah 56, and we'll get over to Isaiah 56 in a little bit. But over the next few weeks, we're going to see a progression of topics, building one upon the other, starting with what it means to be adopted into the family of God, and how we are grafted in, and then walking in our inheritance, the provisions of our inheritance. So the title of today's message is The Covenant Child. The Covenant child, understanding as a child of the king what he has planned for us, what he has purposed for us to do, and provided for us to be able to accomplish what he's asked us to do. So in Ephesians chapter 1, I'm just going to read a few verses, um, so much obviously in the whole word, but even in um, this first chapter of Ephesians. And if you come on Wednesdays, we dig into it deeper, so we'll read the more of the context of Ephesians chapter 1. But in verses 3 through 6, it says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. God predestined us. First, let me tell you that predestined does not mean he's ordered it in such a way that you do not have a will to choose. Because again, that goes against what he said when he gave us a will. And it goes against what it says in the word where he says, choose you this day. Well, if he had destined it in such a way that it doesn't matter what you choose, he wouldn't have said, choose you this day. <laughs> so predestined doesn't mean that you don't have a choice. Because to say that, again, goes against the word of God. And anytime you're looking into or studying the word as we're supposed to, which means that we dig into what is it really meaning, it will always complement, coincide with the rest of the word. You can line it up with the rest of the word and go, oh yeah, that makes sense. So to say that it's predestined and, and we have no choice in that goes against the word itself. So what it simply means, predestined simply means he prepared in advance. Just like a parent when you have a child, did, did you, Josie and Denny, did you look at Titus as he was born and hold him and say, I hope you fail in life? No, you right away start planning and, and purposing great things for him that, oh, we're going to, you start setting aside money. Well, if you haven't, I know you will, right? You start setting aside money because that baby's going to cost you. 
Right? Yeah. Why? And if you want better things for him, you're going to set aside more things for him. You're going to start orchestrating things in his life. You are, you're going to search out the best schools. You're going to search out, you know, the best interest rate for your money, right? When you lay it aside. You're going to prepare in advance. What? That he's going to have a good, good life. According to all you can do. But when he gets to that age, what's he going to do? He's going to be able to choose for himself. If he's going to follow the plans and purposes that you have for his life, or if he's going to diss you and go and choose for himself. Right? Same thing. Predestined just means that God has prepared in advance and made a way. And according to verse 5, he's saying a way for us to be adopted into his family. So God has prepared in advance a way for us to be adopted into his family. And God prepared in advance an inheritance for his adopted ones. You know, in our earthly relationship, there's nothing better as a child than to have great parents. Once you, ones you can look up to, admire, imitate. And I have to say, I've got the best. So you, you all have second best. I have the best. Then you're really blessed if your parents are, well, let's just call them greatly resourced. And if they have a prestigious name, you know, a name that there's even power when you mention the name. Oh, you're from that family. Oh, that's your dad. You know, and as lost children ourselves, we're not really lost. We've went our own way. But we have been sought after, searched out, and handpicked and bought back by the King of Kings, the creator of all, and we've been given a way to be adopted, adopted again into his family. And is there any other name greater than his? Is there any other greater resource than his resources? And is there any other father more powerful than him? I'm sorry, Dad, even we bow, right? <laughs> To him. In an earthly adoption, listen, we've, I have two biologicals and then we adopted four others. Two sibs and then another two sibs. Boys, y'all praying for me, five boys. Um, but in an earthly adoption, I got to experience that the judge goes to great lengths in the adoption procedure to explain not only to the parents, but also to the adopted children what rights you are now receiving as the adopted child. That your inheritance, your rights, your relationship with your family is better than you being born into that family. Because they have sought you out. They have chosen you, and they have opened their house. So it's a better than, and you know, the judge that we got to set under both times, it was so good that, you know, he, and the children were young at that time, so I don't even know if you guys remember. Yeah, they're like, no, we don't remember. Um, 
but he was so good to tell them, you know, that, you know, look at your sibs, you know, your siblings that, you know, they might have been born in to those parents, but these parents now have willingly said yes to you and brought you in. And I want you to know that uh, marred we may be, chosen we, we are. We are chosen. He doesn't look at our faults and say, mm, you know, but just like the ones that, you know, adopted into earthly families, that they were, you know, scars, wounds and all, received with open arms. And love not just because they have to love, but because they chose to love. And in Isaiah 56, I want to show you this. That God has a chosen people. That Israel was called his chosen ones, his children. And even when Jesus came on the earth, he said, I've come back for what? The lost, the lost children, right? But then God says, I've not only come for them. They're not only, they're, they're like his biological children. He said, I've come for all those who've what? Chosen me. I choose you. And I love it in Isaiah chapter 56 Starting in verse 3, it says, Let no foreigner, which by the way, we were foreigners, Gentiles, outside of his chosen, his children. But he says, Let no foreigner who has bound himself to the Lord say, The Lord will surely exclude me from his people. And let not the eunuch complain, I am only a dry tree. Oh, by the way, if you don't know what a eunuch is, it's a castrated man back in Bible days that were that was done to so they could be put into the service of taking care of the the king's um, harem, um, the the women. He could take care of the women and not have any. Y'all there? Okay, I don't have to. I'm trying to keep it PG-13 here. But they were stripped in such a way that they felt like there was no purpose for them. So even those eunuchs that were brought into, that said yes and brought into, you know, uh, God, um, adopted as God, felt like they had no purpose. There was no purpose. I'm only a dried up tree. And God said, don't say that about yourself. Because even though you've been marked or scarred by the world, I see great things in you, and I have great plans for you. So he goes on, okay, let me go on. I am not any unit complaint. I am only a dried up tree. For this is what the Lord says. To the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me, and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give with 
within my temple and its walls a memorial and a name better than my sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. See, they didn't have, there was no legacy for them in the world's eyes. There was no one to carry on their name because they couldn't have children. And God says, don't say that. I'm going to give you a name that will be an everlasting name in his temple. And that will not be cut off. And foreigners who bind themselves to the Lord to serve him, to love the name of the Lord, and to worship him, all who keep the Sabbath without desecrating it, and who hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer. Where did you hear that? Yeah. That's right. For all nations, the sovereign Lord declares, He who gathers the exiles of Israel, I will gather still others to them besides those already gathered in. He says, it doesn't matter. I've made a way. I've prepared in advance everyone who wants to come in and be adopted by me. I've made a way. I've prepared it in advance. So even those who have been broken in the eyes of the world, the foreigners, those who have wandered apart from God, if they accept the adoption of the Father to love, to honor, to keep the covenant agreement, these are the ones he will elevate even more than his own biological biological children, giving them an everlasting name that will not be cut off. And that's just it. I'm talking about the covenant child. Not just a child, but one that chooses to live in agreement with their father, with his plans, his purposes, walking in his inheritance that he's given us, this covenant agreement. You know, in the in every household, there's an unwritten covenant agreement between parent and child, right? While they're little, it's okay. I mean, what do they got to do? Of course they surrender to you, right? Of course they listen to you. You know, you, you feed them, you change their diaper, you know, you clothe them. As they get older, this unwritten covenant agreement becomes a little bit more verbal, right? Um, mama says, do this. You do this, you get this, right? Daddy says, go do this. You do what daddy says, you get this. It's a verbal agreement, right? It's a covenant agreement. As they get older, you verbally communicate it more. Right? Remember, you have a vehicle, but you live under my roof. Keep doing this, and you'll keep getting this. If you break this covenant agreement at any time, you will not have this any longer. Right? It's an agreement. Same thing God says. 
When we say yes as an adopted child, yes, you've prepared in advance for us to be adopted, here I am, I say yes. I come into the courtroom, I sign the papers, I look at my father, and I go home with him, right? I'm going to stay under your authority. I'm going to honor you. And then that covenant agreement is, he says, those who have bound themselves to me, who honor my Sabbath day, who love, who worship me, those are the ones that I will continue, continue to carry forth that everlasting name. But that covenant agreement comes into play. And Jesus said that over and over again. I think we've really nailed this one. Um, I think it's in John 14, 15, 16. You'll see him say over and over, if you love me, you're going to do what I say. If you love me, you're going to do what I say. Those who love me obey my teaching, right? God said the same thing in Isaiah that we just read. Those who bind themselves to me, who honor me, honor my Sabbath, in Romans 8, in the New King James Version, verses 14 through 17, says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness, witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. If indeed we suffer with him. What does that mean? Jesus said, if you want to be my disciples, you will deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. Right? If we die to the old man, like Brian was saying, that old man, that, that crucified man, if we are crucified with him, say yes to the adoption means that we lay down. And like they did, when you're adopted, you lay down that old name. And you pick up and take upon yourself the new name. The new nature, the new family. It's our choice to be adopted, to become a covenant child. We must live in agreement with the conditions set forth by the Father. See, we don't want to be in, in he makes references in the word about the rebellious child, the stubborn child. The disobedient child, the selfish child, you know? We want to be a covenant child. A covenant child means that there is that agreement that dad says, do this, I do this. That a covenant like a marriage where it is bound by oath. But in the new covenant that's laid out for us, where the Old Testament and all the laws that God 
verbalized, communicated, this is how, you know, do not have any other God before me, you know, do not murder, do not covet, you know, where he laid those out for holy living, he takes the old covenant along with his son and laid him out as the great sacrifice and all the provision that he said in the inheritance, sealed it in his blood, put those two covenants together, the old and the new cup, the old and the new, put them together, sealed in his blood, bound them with the power of the Holy Spirit that empowers us to not only live holy, but be holy. And to bring heaven on earth now. That's the covenant agreement. That's the new covenant. Where the old comes together with the provisions, the inheritance to form the new covenant. It's not abolishing, taking away the old law. It's being able to fulfill that law in us and through us by the power of his Holy Spirit sealed in his blood. Andrew Murray wrote the central demand of the old covenant, obey my voice and I will be your God, has now been met with the law written in the heart. He can be our God and we shall be his people. Perfect harmony with God's will. Holiness in heart and life is the only thing that can satisfy God's heart or ours. It is it and it is this the new covenant gives in divine power. I will give them a heart to know me. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. For they shall turn to me with their whole heart. It is on the state of the heart. It is on the new heart as given by God that the new covenant life hinges. It's not just about a matter of the outward actions any longer. That was the old covenant. But it doesn't put that away. He says, you still have to do that. But now it comes from a heart that wants to. That longs to. I mean, you've seen it in marriages. Where here's your gift just because it's your birthday and I have to give it to you. To here's a gift. Well, it's not even my birthday. I know I just want to. Right? It comes from the inside. Yes, Dale. It comes from the inside out. Where before they were trying to work from the outside in. Now as adopted covenant children, he says, I'll take that heart of stone and I'll put a heart of flesh in you. I won't just give you my written word that you need to live by. I'm going to write my Law, I'll write my word on the tablet of your heart so it's from the inside out. The new covenant. That we are not only heirs of God, but co-heirs with Christ. 
He has prepared in advance a way for our adoption and has prepared in advance our inheritance. And then let me read. Let's go back to Ephesians 1. Let me just read these two verses to you. In verses 13 and 14. This is the inheritance. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed. So that means you said yes to the adoption. Once you hear the divine proposal, I've called it before. He's held out the ring and said, will you be my one and only? And you say yes, and you take upon you his name. He says, now you are marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The Holy Spirit, then, we are marked with a seal, kind of like the wedding ring is, you know. You know, right? All the single women say that's the first thing we look at when a man makes eye contact with, you have got a ring on? Okay. Why? That's a ring. That's signifying that's there's somebody else's. The seal on us, the Holy Spirit, is a guarantee. Or in other words, it's the administrator. Jesus calls him the administrator of your inheritance. See, we know what that means, the manager of, or whatever you want to call him. The one that sets and can give you what you need. Jesus said, I think I wrote that scripture down, yeah, John 16, 14 and 15. Jesus explained, he, the Holy Spirit, will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known or making it a reality to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine, Jesus said. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known or make it a reality to you. Listen, the Holy Spirit's job there as the administrator of the inheritance, he said, is for now. Think about it. You're not going to need it when you get to heaven. You need it now. So he is the deposit guaranteeing you have complete access to anything you need. Your inheritance, you don't have to wait. He's already died. He has already provided your inheritance to you when he died. Right? We know that. You can't get an inheritance from a family member before their death. The inheritance is set until their death. And then it's distributed. He says, I've already died. Everything that's the Father's already mine. Here's the, here's the key. Here's the deposit. Here's the guarantor of your inheritance. You can have it now. You don't have to wait till you get to heaven. You need a healing? It's right here. You need provision? It's right here. Whatever you need, it's the guarantor. He's the administrator. Anything you need... But he did lay out conditions. Do not go through them. And I've said this multiple times. Don't go through them. Just pick out the promises in the Bible. Those are good. And those little promise books, oh, they're so good. 
But go back and find out what's the condition to that promise. That's the covenant agreement. Daddy says you can have this, but daddy also said do this, and then you can get this. So yes, those promise books are great. Yes, he has an inheritance for you, yes. But there's conditions to receiving that inheritance. And if you read, I think it's in John chapter 15 where he goes through, and we did this just a couple weeks ago, where we taught on that abiding. Oh, maybe it was more than that. I did a series on abiding, what it means to abide in him remain in him and he talked about that vine and the branch and we're going to actually jump into that a little bit again next week when we talk about being grafted in because once we say yes we are like this wild branch the bible says that once we say yes he comes with his great big pruning scissors and cuts us off from that wild branch where we were growing and brings us into his family well, now there's a grafting in that happens. And we're going to talk about that next week. How he grafts us into his vine. And how then fruit and life can be produced. And we become as if we were originally born from that vine. And I'll talk about that next week. But that there's conditions that we have to surrender, right? We have to say yes. Then we have to live in agreement with. So all the promises of God, even the inheritance, do not forget to be in a covenant agreement. To be a covenant child means that we stay in that agreement. So if he says do this, guess what? Do it. Pretty simple. Stop complicating God. He's not a complicated God. He lays things out black and white. Do this, get this. Do this, get this. Don't do that, get this. You know, he lays it out. It's really simple. If you find yourself opening up the word of God and not understanding, or it's so, have you ever heard that? I try to read, but I don't understand anything. Pray. Pray. It's the Holy Spirit. There's the deposit. Once you said yes, you come into agreement, you have the mark. You have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. So when you open up your word, and I still do this. It's 25 plus years that I've been in the ministry. That when I open up the word, I just simply, Holy Spirit, you're right here with me. You were right there with them when you were the inspiration, putting it into our Bible. So you're the author. Go ahead and explain to me. And I'll slow down. I won't just read to check off a box that I did it. We talked about that last week. When we do things just because we have to do things. That's saying a lot about who you think you are. And who you're saying he is. So as a child, I want to understand my father and I want to do what pleases him. So when I open up the word, I'm going to say, you know, I'm just going to, one sentence. Sometimes I can read one sentence and I can go, you know, an hour 
writing what the Holy Spirit is just telling me about that one sentence. And all of a sudden, all these light bulbs start coming on about all the different, you know, clear back in the Old Testament, even into Revelation. Oh, that's why that you said that. And that makes sense there. Just like we'll talk about next week about the grafted in. How it's going to produce little light bulbs in, oh, well that makes sense with why he called us a tree here and, and why he called us a wild branch here and, you know. So just ask. He wants to reveal himself, but he won't force feed you. He said, you draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. So it's our choice. It's our choice. And on Wednesday, if you come again this Wednesday, we're going to talk about some hindrances to receiving or walking in your inheritance and how to overcome them. Because I don't know about you, but I, I come up against these, it seems like, roadblocks at times. It's like, God, I'm asking for this, and I'm abiding in you, and I'm searching the conditions here to this promise, but I'm not receiving the promise yet. There's a blockage. It's a hindrance. And he wants to, the Holy Spirit said, he will, he will lead us into all truth, and he will reveal all truth to us. So the provision is there. He's prepared in advance for us to be overcomers, super victors, and to walk in all the fullness of God. So when we're not doing that, so we're going to dig into that on Wednesday. Again, it's your choice to be a covenant child. So Brian, would you come back up? I want to close, and I've closed enough time Oh, I didn't even start my stopwatch. Hey, there we go. And I did pretty good. Um, I want to open up the altars because we have made it a, a practice to not just run out after the message because the message that's being sown, the word that God's speaking to us on these Sunday mornings is like a seed and we are then responsible for that seed. We need to pull the seed in and let it sink into us. Weed out. Give him time to weed out anything that, that's in our heart that might be distracting, that might be a lie. You know, we've actually discovered that we have believed a whole lot of things that, well, just aren't true. Because they sounded good. Until we spoke them out and we're like, well, that doesn't make sense. So we got it. We've we've made it a practice that we spend time. So up at the altars, if you're still trying to keep your distance, I, I mean, there's so few people here today. You got plenty of distance. Um, so to come up here and just let that word sink in. And if you want prayer, need prayer for something, we will pray for you. Um, whether you want us to lay hands on you or just pray around you, that's fine. We'll do whatever um, you need. But again, the choice to be adopted is yours. He predestined just means he prepared in advance. A way for you to be adopted and an inheritance for those adopted ones. But remember, to keep that, to live in that agreement, in that covenant relationship. And he pointed out in Isaiah, to bind yourself to him. Bind
bind yourself to him to keep his Sabbath holy. Choose what pleases him. Hold fast to his covenant. And to love him, obey him, worship him. Would you stand? Remember, Jesus said in 1423, John 1423, if anyone loves me, he will obey my teaching. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. But he is not a God that will sit on a throne or sit on the throne of your heart with someone or something else. says you'll have no other gods little g before me says that he is a jealous god he wants all of you why because he's willingly giving all of him to all of you he wants the same Again, in a, in a marriage, could you imagine coming to a wedding and hearing the, the husband, the, the groom say to the bride in, in these vows, Honey, I'm giving you all of me, everything I am, everything I desire, my dreams, my hopes, my plans, everything I give to you. And then for her to turn to him and say, Honey, I give you one day out of my whole week. Honey, you can have from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. every Sunday. But the rest of the week is mine. I will do as I choose, think as I choose, go as and do. And let. No, right? Of course not. That's that holy covenant. All of you for all of him. When we say yes, that's what we live in. That's what we long for. That covenant child. So right now we just surrender. Right now we just lift up our hands. We surrender to you. Father, you are so, so good. We thank you that you prepared in advance a way for us to be adopted into your family better than even your biological children if we could call them that your chosen children better than that whether you've had a relationship with Jesus as your Lord and Savior for, for years and years, or if you've never done that before, would you just commit and recommit right now to give him all of you, all of you. God, you can have all of me. I surrender everything. I lay it all down again if for some reason whether I knew it or I did it subconsciously or unknowingly, picked up stuff that's distracted me or that's been sucking my attention or my love away from you. God, I lay it all down again. And I give all of me for all of you right now. Have your way. Have your way in me. I say yes.
yes to those plans that you have written about me before I was even born according to Psalm 139. Good, good, good plans. I say yes to those plans that you prepared in advance. I say yes to your purposes. And I say yes to the inheritance. I say yes to the covenant agreement. To live, to love, to obey you. To do what pleases you. To bind myself to you. Yes. I say yes. And I say yes to the Holy Spirit. Come in me. Fill me right now. Be the mark, the seal, deposit, guaranteeing, being the administrator of my inheritance as a co-heir with Christ, that I can do all you've purposed and planned for me to accomplish. Come on, make that personal. Make that agreement with him.